are listening to America's Healthcare Challenge with Sean McGuire. Join the conversation at 402-342-1290 or at 800-577-1290. Once again, direct from the American heartland, here's your host, Sean McGuire. Welcome back to America's Healthcare Challenge. Uh, talking about mergers this week, mergers and acquisitions, and uh, one of the things uh, we wanted to visit about as well uh, here this week is uh, what could be happening here in 2017, uh, the word reinsurance uh, companies and uh, what what kind of activity is happening uh, in the insurance company reinsurance marketplace. And then I'd also like to, Stuart, uh, talk about um, what, what could happen uh, in 2017 and, and why that's important for folks. Mm-hmm. So what what's uh, going on uh, with, in the insurance company reinsurance marketplace right now, and what is reinsurance? Okay, um, reinsurance is uh, assume other insurance companies' risk, uh, and by by being a uh, an, an assumption uh, risk carrier, that that generates hot profits, uh, you know, to companies that specialize in that. Uh, over the past few years, a host of new competitors mostly pension funds seeking higher yields, uh, have piled in pushing down some reinsurance prices and prompting some companies to pursue uh, large deals, you know, to bolster uh, their their bottom lines. Uh, On Wednesday, July 1st, insurer Ace Limited agreed to buy Chubb Corporation for $28.3 billion uh, in a a sign of of these things to come. Uh, And... This created one of the biggest property and casualty insurance companies in the world. This deal comes as property and casualty insurers are facing pressure um, to to uh, take their capital base and invest it somewhere because, again, they're getting very low returns uh, on their investment income, which is a, a important part of their, their bottom line. Uh, and, and conditions are ripe for more of these days. I mean, this is huge. So you've got you've got one part of it. You've got New Jersey-based Chubb, which is a leading a provider of homeowners insurance to wealthy uh, people. Then you've got Ace, was formed in the Caymans in 1985 by 34 U.S. insurance companies to provide uh, hard-to-place excess liability and directors and offices coverage. I mean, this is a huge, huge deal. Most of these deals are being done defensively because the pressures company are feeling to place money somewhere and get a, a better return and also to build scale it's what's you know formulating some of these deals uh, this, this is an offensive uh, you know move a chub operates in 25 countries uh, the combined company will operate in Switzerland so again from a tax standpoint uh, there's there's some tax lineage here that they'll be taxed, you know, at at Swiss rates and not U.S. rates. I bet the government doesn't like that. Not particularly. But you have to understand who's behind something like this. Uh, this is the first of what will be many. Evan Greenberg, who is one of the two sons of Maurice Greenberg, uh, the, the, the gentleman who put together AIG, uh, is the president of... Um, of of ACE, 
and okay. has has been in the insurance business for more than 40 years. He is the one who engineered, uh, engineered this deal. This, this is a huge, huge reinsurance deal. Wow. This is fascinating stuff. We're talking with uh, Stuart Sonnen, president of SIG Consulting. So let's kind of boil this down. So what what is this stuff like this going to mean to you know, say, larger employers, for example, that are self-insuring? Well, I I think the marketplace for reinsurance is going to continue to to diversify. You'll have larger players coming in, uh, smaller plays, uh, you know, being hooked up with other people. There's another one that's on the table here, uh, an Italian holding company called um, Exor is attempting uh, to buy Partner Re which is a U.S.-based reinsurance company, you know, a fairly medium-sized reinsurer. And again, this is another one of those deals that have been spurred uh, by this Ace and Chubb hookup, and that's going to continue. Hmm. Wow, interesting stuff. So how will all this uh, diversified activity play out in the next coming years from your standpoint? Well, let's go back to the, the point that you posed in the last segment, Sean. When you look at 2017, um, in under Obamacare, the reinsurance uh, that was available to back up the individual and small group marketplace comes up for renewal. And Congress has to decide in 2016 if, in fact, they're going to renew it or they're going to allow uh, Obamacare plans, individuals and, and also group plans, to stand on their own feet. This, I don't think people understand how massive uh, this is going to be. Well, let's put it this way. Let's look at what we are seeing now as we're seeing the early signs of renewals for 2016. Uh, a lot of the carriers waited until the Supreme Court decision before they would submit their proposed rates for 2016 to the government. Mm-hmm. We're now seeing a range from either a small increase to something in excess of 40% increases for plans in 2006. This is early renewal. Now, again, this between now and September, this will go through state insurance department scrutiny. It will also go uh, through the, uh, the federal government scrutiny in terms of whether these are excessive rate increase requests uh, and how many of these will stand. But we're seeing the early submissions of these so you know there's going to be a lot of activity between now and September in terms of what these rates will eventually mean. So to your point a minute ago, if you look at this is what we're looking for for 2016, and you look at the possibility of reinsurance either going away uh, or being reduced in 2000, beginning 1-1-2017, we're looking at rates that now – just by their very nature, are going to be forced to to be pushed upward. A very stark forecast, uh, I believe. We're talking about billions of dollars. I know Humana, for example, got over five hundred million in payments uh, from the government, for example, and I'm sure others have gotten even more. Um, this is a big deal. That's just the only way you can put it. I, 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 they're going to have to do something because I don't know that they can stand on their two feet because everybody that's going on there is sick, and the young people don't want it because it's still not affordable. Well, you know, you bring up two interesting problems. Uh, if people if people don't have insurance, and I'm talking about 
people that uh, you know would potentially purchase individual insurance, or they opt out of uh, group insurance options that have been made available to them, and they take nothing, they're going to pay a tax penalty. And so, uh, from the standpoint of affordability, uh, you know the, the rates are being pushed higher and higher. There's, there's no question of it, and and this is going to continue through at least the 2018 year until we really see our way clear, because you're not going to see any auditing of employer groups before 2017 at the earliest. So 2017, 2018 will be the first two audit years under Obamacare. And that's going to be coming. A lot of people are going to be out of position. Do you see the news with the what's to let people understand or know uh, the development in the trade legislation, how that raised penalties this week? Did you see that? Yes. It's, so that that went uh, it's went from one hundred dollars per return to two fifty per return uh, for not reporting uh, accurate information uh, on uh, measuring employees, uh, which is just something that I still don't think people quite understand as well. Well, I, I think the the if we look at the employer marketplace with the first responsibility of reporting as of January one, uh, two thousand sixteen, if employers have not taken uh, taken the time to establish a relationship with an outside vendor to measure, uh, you know, the suitability of what they provide to their employees, you know, they're going to be fined by, you know, by the government beginning 2016. That's the first segment uh, of the marketplace being tested by Obamacare in the employer marketplace. It's an important part of the mechanics of the law because it's how they essentially police the individual mandate, isn't it? I mean, they got a cross-reference. They built a, their own software system uh, to handle this. Uh, what about smaller groups, smaller employers? There's a lot of them out there. Well, smaller groups under 51 lives today don't have to worry about uh, reporting or suitability. The employer uh, responsibility provisions of Obamacare really apply to the 100-plus employer segment of the marketplace as of 1-1-16. But as of 1-1-17, the groups under uh, 50 lives, uh, actually 51 lives and above, are going to be responsible for reporting uh, in, in Obamacare what they do or don't offer. Right, right. It's And then what about community rating for them? Well... As of the passage of Obamacare, where rates uh, from the carrier marketplace, you you could have up to eight variations of rates uh, that you submit for for approval. Right now, Obamacare uh, reduces that to three, and that's community rating. Community rating originally started in five states, and then with the passage of Obamacare, now all of the rates... Uh, that come under Obamacare must be community rated. Right, right. So you've got you've got three tier rating for individual and group plans under under Obamacare. Who are the winners and losers under community rating? Well, it's it's really hard to say. I mean, the younger people and the and the middle aged folks, so your your twenties and thirties and and forties plus those two first segments are paying higher premiums in order to offset, you know, the 55-plus segment of the marketplace. And that's what commun- that's the way community rating is structured. I see. 
Interesting, interesting. It's going to be uh, something to pay attention to. Do you think this is going to be coming up in the presidential election? Do you think they'll be talking about this? Do you think they're even aware of some of these uh, major things coming down the pike? Yes, I think they are. And I think what's going to happen right now, what you'll see as far as rhetoric is concerned, uh, you know, the, the Democrats are happy with the fact that uh, Obamacare is now real. It's been tested through two Supreme Court decisions, and it's all ahead full. I think the Republicans have to figure out, since this is real, what can be done in terms to make you know internal changes so that the law is more palatable to more people, both individuals in the marketplace searching for coverage as well as groups. What do you think those changes might look like? Do you have any ideas or thoughts? Well, you know, there could be there could be many things. Uh, probably one of the major things that that is a major contention is the 30, uh, 30 hours or more rule. Uh, you know, you're essentially forcing the American uh, uh, public to accept part-time work. In other words, under 30 hours so that employers don't have to adhere to Obamacare. That means a worker who would work 40 hours a week is getting, you know, less money. And what he or she may have to do is take another part-time job to equivocate or make up some of the loss of, of a 40-hour work week. That's going to be a major area of contention, not only from the unions, but also from, uh, from within Congress. Right, right. That's true. Any final thoughts, Stuart? No, I think it's, uh, we have to hold on to our bootstraps. Uh, 2016, uh, both from a presidential standpoint as well as the industry is concerned, I think we're going to see a lot, a lot of changes as indicated by today's conversation. I agree, I agree. Well, thanks so much uh, for, for joining us here on the program. We look forward to visiting with you again. Thanks for having All me, right. Sean. Great. That was Stuart Sonen, president of SIG Consulting uh, down in Florida. And if you've got some questions... Uh, on health care, if you want to uh, just somebody to talk to, give us a call at Edie Bellis, 402-884-9020 to uh, schedule a demonstration of our uh, exclusive software system that can uh, track those hours for you, those 30 hours, and help you coordinate all of that information, uh, which is due uh, for the government uh, coming up very soon. Until next week, check out healthreformexplained.com, and I'll be back with my thoughts after my trip to Indianapolis. We'll see you next time.